Hello there, and welcome to Never a Dull Movie. It's me, Father Chip Hines, and... Me, Brian Swift. And today we're going to have a, an episode about um, movies that are what we are euphemistically calling <laughs> Make You Eat Your Vegetables, um, or movies that, you know, take some thinking um, about. And I think that's, a, you know, something that we, you know, we've never really maybe gone over before in any other iteration of the show, but... Um, we start out with uh, a movie called um, The Laundromat, and The Laundromat was about some a, a very obscure, in my opinion, uh, financial incident that happened, and it was so it was interesting to that point, but it was it seemed so small, Brian. It didn't seem like it was a big, huge deal. I didn't even remember the story from like the news. Well. If I may, I I think that it was small because of the way the news covered it, because it was here and gone mm. very quickly. Right. But for for about a week, it was it was news because. Yeah. Uh, so what what the Panama Papers were about was a uh, it was a it was a document leak, right? A, a huge, a huge, huge, huge document breach, leak, yeah. yes, from a financial law firm in Panama. Right. So it turns out that Panama, amongst other areas in the world are um, designed, yeah. their laws are designed to be tax havens. Yeah, they, they help rich people hide money. Right. So there's a bunch of law firms set up in these company in these countries right. that that's their business, and they right. know the ins and outs, and they can... So... Um, right, and so, so that's the kind of the premise of the story, right? I mean, the premise of the story is, is it starts out with an accident, a terrible uh, boat accident on Lake George, and uh, 17, 18 people die, and... Um, so the widow, of the false story of the widow, one played by Meryl Streep, and she's trying to get um, some compensation. compensation and some acknowledgement that somebody did something and yes. she needs to be taken care of. Well, anyway, so she starts going through this process, and then and throughout the movie – they they start to give you um, you know lesson number one you know and and or truth number I forget what it was but they yeah give, it's it's Gary Oldman and, um, and Antonio, Antonio Banderas, Banderas but playing they, they do a but they do a like a card yes that says, like a title rule number one or lesson number one of money laundering right so then they kind of go through it and it's these those two guys Oldman and Banderas and they're the lawyers they play the lawyers and Maseka Mo, and no no Mosak. Mosek and Fonseca. And Fonseca, right? So they, it's and it's a fourth wall breaking performance kind of, kind of thing. So they're teaching you about the money laundering that they do, and and it follows the story of this widow, and it, and it weaves the story of her throughout the whole thing, which I thought was in, that I liked. But the, in general, the structure of the story, the structure of the movie is vignettes. Yes, vignettes tr- of this what's going on, and in fact, I think. One of the vignettes I, I liked the most was the one that wasn't real. It was a dream where she walked into the law firm and started blowing people away. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, actually, it wasn't the law firm. It was the insurance company. It, it was very convoluted, well, and there was a lot of stuff going on. And But but there were some good performances in this movie. Um, I thought Meryl Streep um, was, was good in this. I'm not a big, huge Meryl Streep fan, but um, I think she was excellent in this movie. Yes. Uh, and surprisingly played another character that I didn't see coming. Did you see that coming? I didn't. I, I didn't, didn't recognize her at all. Uh, I didn't recognize her at all. No, um, I didn't either. I think 
you know, and uh, that, James James Cromwell it plays her departed husband. Yeah. Yeah, but any, I mean, James Cromwell is one of those guys. If he's on the screen, then you know it's going to be good. He put his shoes on, got on the boat, and died. Yeah, that's I mean, what he, he said. Did. He probably said a couple words. Yeah, he said like two um, things. No, I I I understand why people like Meryl Streep. I understand why she's highly awarded. Uh, oh not no, I everything. Not... I'm just not a big fan of her outside of the acting world. I don't like it's, she's her made, persona. She's made such a big deal about her personal politics and everything else, and it it and for me, it kind of clouds the acting a little bit. I try not to let it, but and I I think I did okay with this movie. Um, you know, I because I was impressed with the second performance. I didn't see it coming. I didn't. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, I don't know. I, I think I'd like to see her do more of that because a lot of what I see her do is um, she's trying, like as far as acting, mm-hmm. she's trying to take a little and do a lot with it. Sure. Right? She There's a lot of facial tics going on. Those are all like really good things. And, and her line readings, like, you know, she, she uses her voice and her acting oh, yeah. powerfully. Yeah, yeah. And she can do accents. Yes. You know. Obviously, in this movie, she did a Spanish accent, which totally fooled me. Yes. And spoke Spanish, which I was shocked by at the end. But I think from time to time, she does this this character that she's doing in The Laundromat. Yeah. Which is kind of a... Uh, to, it to, was every woman. But also, every woman in crisis. Mm. Like, she's in... True. And, and not to say that she isn't, but it's just like... This frantic, yeah, and and I don't know harried, harried. Yes, yeah. I don't know if I bought it. Um, well, I I I think one of the scenes with her that I thought was the most powerful was the scene in the condo in Vegas. Yes, and so that's another. But but it's interesting because that intersects with another. Um, that scene intersects with another facet. Of the world mm-hmm. of finance, of finance and yeah. money laundering specifically. So, right. what you're talking about? There's a scene in the movie mm-hmm. after she has gained whatever compensation she gets. She decides she's going to take that money, and they. I think they live in. I think her family Michigan. lived in like northern Michigan. Yeah. They lived in the cold, but she met her husband, played by James Cromwell, in, in Las Vegas. So yeah. she decided she was going to move to Las Vegas. She was going to buy a condo. With this money, and she was going to live out her retirement in Las Vegas, right. in in a specifically an area where she could see the corner where her husband met. This right. is a very important to her, and uh, it's just very important to her. It's it's, it's sentimental, yeah. and and you know it means uh, something. As it's trying to recover something that she lost. Yes, and as we know, as humans, like um, sentimentality to the person, there's no dollar value you can put on that. No, no, absolutely not. Um, I mean, to each person, whatever you're sentimental about, there's a reason and there's a power behind it. So anyways, she's in the process. She shows up and it seems that she's gone down the road. Uh, Papers have been signed. Money has been forked over. Right. But then she finds out from the real estate agent. Played played, by Sharon Stone. Played by Sharon Stone. I recognize her. Yeah, well, she's older. She hasn't been in a lot of stuff. No, but she didn't look old. And she looked, it it was a look... That I just didn't expect. See, I didn't I, expect it to be Sharon Stone, and she and she doesn't have a big role in this movie. She's in the movie. No, she's a maybe, realtor, right? But she's in the movie for like seven minutes. Yes, you know, I mean, that's it. And and she acts like the the realtor that she plays. I believe, um, totally realistic. Oh, very realistic because 
So it turns out Meryl Streep gets there and her family's with her. Right. Her, 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 her what's left of her family, her, her daughter, daughter and her grandkids. Her yeah. And they're just so happy for her. And yeah. it's like, hey, we're going to go down to the pool. And this is all set. And then the realtor shows up and says, oh, these Russian gentlemen yeah. paid twice what you paid twice what you paid in, in cash. cash. Yeah. It was, so good luck to you. Yeah. Well, thanks, I've thanks got, but no thanks. Yeah. I've got these other units that you can move into. And she's like, yeah, but I paid for it. Like, everything's already done. I paid for this. There's my corner. Right. She explains the sentimentality. So she does a little snooping, and we kind of, the movie lets us follow the track of right. these of these two Russian gentlemen that yep. purchased it. And it turns out that they, too, they are come, they have come from hidden wealth. Um, another thing about the Meryl Streep story that I find interesting is another offshoot. So, so I think in the cinematically eating our vegetables of this movie is that money laundering, which I yes. knew little to nothing about, is not always illegal. Well, certainly, I think there's some countries where money laundering is very legal, and, yeah. and they've written the laws that way. But also, the different facets of life that money laundering will get into. Yeah. And yeah. and specifically, so the reason she has such a hard time getting compensation from this accident is because it is it's a genuine accident. There was oh, yeah. no the, the death of the capsizing of the boat and the death of her husband it and was these an people. Accident. The pilot of the boat, the boat company owner, they had insurance mm -hmm. and it wasn't their fault. And that's why you have insurance. Insurance right. is but we're all we're all taught that, you know, if you're responsible you get insurance, and if you have insurance, when tragedy strikes, right, you're, you're somewhat protected. Right. I mean, you can't. I mean, all these these guys. One of them was Robert Patrick yeah. from uh, Terminator Two. Yeah. The other one was David Schwimmer, who from owned Friends. the boat from yeah. Friends. And it turns out that the insurance that they purchased has been in these financial transactions has been. Sold and resold. Sold and resold and resold to different insurance companies and reinsurance companies, which right. I didn't know was such a thing. I'd I never heard either. of reinsurance before. I had not before. either. Yeah, and, that, that was strange. And where it ended up at the time of the accident, when they needed it the most, it had been bought by a fraudulent insurance company. Right, a guy who had complete, yeah, he had done some insurance fraud. Played by yeah. Jeffrey Wright. He and, was part of it. There was a guy in Houston that... We never saw, but right. It's it's yeah. this it's this trail. It's like you yeah. know, and 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 almost by design. By the time you need the insurance, you can't. You don't know what phone number to call. Like your policy number is almost irrelevant at that point. In this point in the story, it's just like kind of like, hey, you're on your own. Plus the IRS is after us, so we probably couldn't get you anyways. Everything's it's a house of cards. It's all fraudulent. Yeah, and this guy uh, played by Jeffrey Wright was. A complete fraud. I mean, he had a wife in Nevis, which I don't know where that. That's in it's the Caribbean. In the Caribbean, and then he had a wife in Miami, and so he had two different families going on, and his, his whole life was a fraud. Um, and but he he was involved with he his life kind of intersected both with Meryl Streep's character and then Schwimmer and Patrick's characters and. Gary Oldman and, and Gary Antonio Banderas. Yeah, it, it, it He's all a nexus. came together. He was really the nexus of it all, um, and and it was interesting to watch that. But like I said to you off the air, I, I this movie, you know, it just felt like I was wasting my time. I got to be honest with you. I mean, I, it was like an hour and a half of of just following the money, and I really didn't 
I couldn't get wrapped up in it was, caring. It was it was short. It was a total ninety five minute runtime, which is yeah. is on the shorter side for for films. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it felt. It's on. We I should say. I don't know if we said this. It is Netflix. It's a Netflix movie. Yeah. Anybody can watch it. Yes. That's your you have Netflix, of course. Right. Uh, it was not theatrically released. No. And I think there's a reason. I think vignette movies. I don't think they work at the box office. I think people enjoy them. I don't know if you watched Netflix did one last year that was my favorite movie. It was the Coen Brothers, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. No. Which was six know. vignettes. It's on Netflix. You should check it out. Okay. Um, but I don't I think heard that, about it, yeah. It, it's good. I don't think that it would have worked in the theater, though. I, I don't think that people want to see that in the theater. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think, you know, I, I get why people make these movies. I just, for me, and, and maybe it's just me, I didn't find it all that entertaining. I enjoyed it. I watched it twice, and I recommended it to you. Yes, you did. And I watched it. I watched the whole thing straight through. I, um, I didn't even stop. But I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, you so, know, the characters of, uh, that, that Banderas and, uh, and Gary Oldman played, they were entertaining, I suppose, in a, in a kind of I think the movie suffered when it, way. I think the movie suffered when it strayed away from them. A little bit, yeah. It's, and it strayed away from them because of the vignette structure. It strayed away from them for long stretches. Even right. in the short movie, there were long stretches where yeah. Gary Oldman and Antonio Banderas' characters I, I, were I absent. Guess, I guess for me, too, I didn't understand the the guy from Africa's family thing being in, in involved in all that. Like, why? Just so they could show that these companies don't really exist? Yeah, I think... Okay, so... could they have so, done that a different way? So here's another vignette in the movie. There is a wealthy... African, I'm going to say industrialist. I don't Something know what like they, didn't they didn't really say what he did. They didn't say what he did, and that wasn't the point. Right. It uh, this section of the movie takes place on the day that his daughter, daughter. is graduating from USC, I believe. Yep. And she finds out that he's having an affair with her college roommate, mm-hmm. and to make sure that she doesn't tell his mother, he offers her a business of his, right. one of his many businesses, which is worth twenty million dollars, and well, the... she reluctantly. Agrees. Yeah, she and her mother. They've both come to a, a, a situation where they both they find out again about this this infidelity. affair, and they and they and the whole thing kind of collapses, and so they go down to the law firm where where all these companies all are these held, companies where they're going to cash in, and they want to cash in their twenty million dollars. They're going to yeah, they're going to sell their company, or they're going to do whatever yeah. they what I again whatever the process whatever is, the they're process going to is, do it. They're doing it. And then um, Gary Oldman's character tells him that, oh, this used to be worth $20 million. It's now worth $100. Uh, $100. And as of last week. Right. So when I, when I think the purpose of that section, as far as this goes, is I think it, I think it paints a broader picture of the type of people who uh, seek out these services and processes mm-hmm. uh, of money laundering. Because cause, also, let's say this, it th- what... Monseca and uh, Mosak and Fonseca are doing as a law firm is they're setting up shell, shell companies, companies yeah. and trusts. Right. And this company owns this company, owns this company, owns this company, which is owned by this trust, which is owned by this trust. And right. It, it's, it's designed to be confusing. To so conceal uh, the path. And, and a lot of this is used for tax evasion. Right. I think specifically what that section shows is this is the type of person who is involved in, like, you know, it's not just criminals. drug kingpins, right. criminals. It's here's this guy, guy who who operates within the law in his business, right? But 
takes his success, does what he can to hide it, to keep it off off the books, not have to pay his fair share of taxes. Right. And this is also the type of person who's willing to have an affair with his daughter's college roommate. Yeah. And say, okay, well, I'm gonna pay off my daughter. Who to be quiet? It's clear. It's clear that he loves her. I mean, there's she's his daughter. It's clear that it's it, she's not. He's proud of her. In in, in his I way. I thought it was clear until she went down to get the money. Yeah, and and it's I. Not only am I willing to to bribe my family, but then once I've bribed them. I'm willing to steal it. I'm willing it. to steal it back. Like, right. you know, my word is not my bond. Right. No, he was a, uh, kind of a uh, jerk, you know? Oh, he, I mean, that's you know, and I'm being trying, kind. I'm being kind because, you know, we're, we're, we're on a Catholic network. <laughs> um, uh, and from a Christian perspective, this movie shows why greed is bad. Absolutely. I think this is, if you want to take anything away from this movie, if you watch it, it's that greed is bad and it hurts people. And I think that's, the takeaway. I mean, Meryl Streep's character definitely hurt by greed. Um, this you know, person's Schwimmer, <clears throat> Schwimmer oh, yeah. and and the captain of the boat both hurt by greed. I mean, everyone was hurt by greed. That was you know a victim. Yes. In the movie, and 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 greed was what was the motivation of all of the uh, sort of big shot players in it. Yes. So it was an interesting study of that. I will give you that. I I you know. I just didn't find it all that entertaining. There's a moment I don't I don't think highly of uh, of Schwimmer as an actor. I was never a Friends fan. Well, he was pretty good in this. He movie. was pretty good. He was pretty good. And there was one specific moment uh, of his performance that really kind of drove home what they were talking about to me. And he's, I believe, he was talking with an IRS agent. Like he had gone through this process. And he, you know, he, oh yeah, he was talking to the woman that arrested the guy that from, arrested uh, Nevis. Yeah, that yeah. arrested Jeffrey Wright later. Yeah. Um, and she's explaining to him essentially what has befallen him. He right. owns a business. He owns a restaurant, and, and he owns boat. a lake boating company. Right. He takes people on tours of the lake, and they eat at his restaurant. And they eat at his restaurant. Right. And he got insurance. At least and, he thought he did. And at least he thought he did. And there's a moment where he looks at her, and he's bewildered by what she's telling him that. Well, you've been the victim of a fraud and the likelihood of you being made whole again and and or not facing the crushing financial burden mm. of this accident, right. which was a which again wasn't it wasn't negligence, it wasn't no, it was an act of God. It was, it was an act of God. Um and that's what you and and he looked at her and he's just so bewildered and he just looks at her, he goes, I tried to buy what I needed. For less, that that's right. my crime, and that's what drew. It really drove home to what they were talking about is that people like you and me, mm-hmm. you know, we're you you know we're we're on a budget. Regular people are on a budget, and right. if you need something and you find out I can get it for uh, a third of the price over here, and you don't understand insurance. Insurance is another industry that is complex. Yes, it is, and it's like, well, well, it's insurance. And I can get, I could pay a third more here. I could pay a third less here, but I still have insurance. Well, it turns out that that's not the case. Right. And um, it, it was, it was very much in that moment, like all of these people above that use the system of money laundering and, and will defraud people mm-hmm. and the greedy count on or benefit from the realities and the trust 
of the common person. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and quite honestly, I think the Jeffrey Wright character with the, with, with the reinsurance and all this other stuff, I think they're, they're totally betting gambling that, that an accident's not going to happen. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's Their whole business is based on something bad is not going to happen. Right. And then when it does, it, it the whole thing falls apart. Sure. And, you know, and he got arrested uh, and we never that saw was him a, again. That was a great scene. It was a great, that scene. Was a great scene. That was probably one of the better scenes in the movie. Um, I love that when he, like, fake heart attacked. <laughs> I don't, do you think he fake heart attacked? No, I, I, think I think he, he faked pa- something. I think he passed out for real. I think, you think so? I think I, I was under the impression, and I, and I feel that... He got um, up pretty quick. The people, I think a lot of people involved in this type of stuff. They never think they're going to get caught. No, I think that a bunch of them know that, you know, one day, I can only hide this for so long, and one day, like mm-hmm. Bernie Madoff, they right. say Bernie Madoff knew that there was going to be a bill come due, and right. he was surprised. Apparently, for the last decade of his life, he lived every day saying, oh, is this the day? Yeah. Is this the day that they figure out what I've been doing to people? Right, right. And I think that if you live that that style of life, when the bill comes due, when the IRS agents meet you at the airport, when the police knock on your door, the shock to the system, even though you're expecting it, can be overwhelming. So oh, I, I'm sure. I, yeah. I thought, yeah. but I, I want to touch base on the last vignette of the movie. And I, I was doing some research. I found out this is based on a true story in mm-hmm. China. Okay. Oh, yeah, that is yes. definitely, yeah. That's, uh, which I didn't know. Yeah. So uh, the last vignette is a English financier right. of some with connections to this Panamanian yep. law firm has been facilitating wealthy Chinese, a wealthy Chinese's family yep. in laundering the their money, yeah. which apparently is rampant because China is a communist system, mm-hmm. and so you get taxed heavily. So like, it's still going on today. Uh, apparently, there's a lot of... Money laundering being done in by Chinese people in um, real estate in Canada in the United States. Oh, I bet there is. Yeah, because quite honestly, they're not supposed to be rich. They're, it's a communist country. Everybody's supposed to be the same. Yes, which and and so you have these people at the top who are making millions and millions and millions of dollars on different things that are going on in the country, and it's just a game. You know, it's like okay, who's going to get caught now? Yeah, and. You know this uh, these this couple uh, and this guy that did that, that was the husband of the woman in this. He was going to be the next leader of China. Oh, he was he going to be president? Yeah, before be, Xi Jinping, he was going to be the next leader yeah. of China. And so it was uh, he. It was a mighty fall. It was a fall. big takedown. Yeah, and I think it was, I think if if we dug behind the scenes of that, it would have been the guy that was behind him sort of pulling the strings on getting him arrested through sure. his wife. I mean, it was a very convoluted thing. So what happened... But didn't you... I mean... What the happens of, is the, the, the financier shows up in China yeah, and, tries and to, basically says, okay, if we're going to keep doing what we're doing, you're going to have to pay me more. Right. So instead of... Again, greed. And yeah. So instead of paying him more and keeping the gravy train... Running. Running, they poison his whiskey and yeah. he dies and they fake it as a accidental drug overdose. Right. But they get caught. They do. Um, and what I took from that is, is again, just like another avenue where this money laundering, the laws that Panama allows meant that these lawyers weren't breaking the law. No. Like, as far as like the laws of man go, they were not breaking the law. It took 
international pressure for them to get arrested. I don't right. they weren't arrested by the uh, Panama authorities. So, you know, they could argue in a court, we never broke any laws, but this shows that their actions or their facilitating these actions had very real consequences on a lot of people, oh, yeah. good or bad. Like these bad people, there were still consequences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, and yeah, I think in the system, there's going to be people that are caught and there's going to be people that aren't caught. And then there's going to be people that suffer from it and there's going to be people that don't suffer from it because they don't ever have to be involved in it. They may be tangentially involved in it because they have their money in some fly-by-night insurance company. But, you know, it just, it goes to show, I think a couple of things that I learned from this were, number one, pay the extra money for the insurance because most likely you're going to be with a reputable company that's going to actually be there when you need them. And you're going to need them. And you're going to, and you're going to need them. At some point, you're going to need them. It's like buying cut-rate car insurance. Well, okay, you're in an accident. And it doesn't cover all that you need it to cover. Well, that's great. You saved money, but now you're going to pay it out in multiple yeah. times it. So I just, I you know, you have to be careful, I guess, is basically the lesson that I learned um, from the movie. And I, I you know, it's, it's sad. It's a, it's a sad state of affairs in this country and around the world because there are places in this country that operate like Panama like Del- like Delaware, Delaware yeah. Wyoming, and some of these other places where you can do the same thing, basically, as you can in Panama. Uh, Panama was a little bit more liberal as oh, far as... Oh, it was the Wild West. Was, yeah, it was the Wild West. So, it, okay. So, so And why, I don't know that it's changed. I don't know that it's changed either. I'm sure it hasn't. Um, why, why watch this movie? I felt, well, I mean, one of the things, I enjoy learning something from a movie. I know not everybody watches a movie to learn everything, and I know there's a bunch of people who watch movies and they roll their eyes if they're being taught to. I enjoy it. So, I mean, my easy answer to that, the first one is, I learned something. Mm -hmm. I learned something I didn't know. But for me, the second, or maybe the first answer is because Gary Oldman is the greatest actor on planet Earth. You know this about me. I'm a big Gary Oldman fan. Yeah, I know. And as I was watching it, I'm thinking, I'm watching this because Brian liked Gary Oldman. That's the only reason I was watching this movie. You said you learned something, so that's I another... did, but so what? I mean, it wasn't something that I, I needed to watch. You know what I mean? I, I didn't have to watch this movie to have my life be better than it was. Oh, I don't think you know my I mean? life is better, except it, that I got a great Gary Oldman performance I, out of I it. I didn't think he was all that good either. He was average at best. Oh, I, I, every, you know, he and played I, a guy that it was a lawyer, and he was just, German. And he threw a German accent in there, and a very good German. Oh, accent. Oh yeah, that was great. I couldn't and, do and that he, German and accent. He, and he implied that his father was a Nazi. You know. Well, I mean, it's probably true. Yeah, probably was true. I don't know. I, I just, I think that in his sliminess and sleaziness, he was very charming. Oh yeah, he was fine. He was. Fine. Um, and uh, I was surprised. I don't think highly of Antonio Banderas. He was good. As an actor, and he was very good. He was good. He was uh, good. Maybe I, I haven't seen enough. I mean, he's been around for a long time, but I don't know that I've seen a lot of his movies. Well, I thought this movie had an interesting mix of ca- of actors. It had, you know, high profile actors like you know Meryl Streep, Gary Oldman, Antonio Banderas, uh, even Sharon Stone, and uh, Jeffrey Wright. And Jeffrey Wright, if you go if you go down a little bit on the list, but they're movie people. Yeah. Okay. Then it had TV people. It had like Schwimmer. It had uh, Melissa Rausch, who played the daughter uh, of... Uh, Meryl Streep's Meryl daughter? Meryl Streep's daughter. She was on The Big Bang Theory. Never seen it. 
Fine. <laughs> That's because you're illiterate when it comes to comedy. Um, and uh, so, so the so it had like minor TV kind of actors as, as well as these big movie stars. It was an interesting, good cast, directed by Steven cast. Soderbergh. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. So. I think we've said enough uh, enough about the laundromat. You're you're you like you didn't want to say anything about it. So I want to I want to I want to bring some attention to some other cinematic equivalent of eating your vegetable movies. And sure. I, and I'm I I believe you've seen most of these. I've seen and a bunch of them. On the top of the list for me is a movie that came out. I believe it was 2016 called The Big Short, directed right. by Adam McKay, starring uh, Christian Bale, Steve Ryan Gosling, Carell. Steve Carell, amongst others. Yeah, that was and, actually a good movie. It's about the, um, the 2008 crisis, right? fin- housing collapse, yeah, housing financial collapse, right? Which is such a dense topic mm-hmm. that they spend the whole time of the movie teaching everybody about stuff that they don't know, and they find and, and because Adam McKay, who was uh, at one point the head writer on Saturday Night Live, he's mm-hmm. a comedian, mm-hmm. but very passionate about these types of injustice topics found very creative ways yes. of making you eat your vegetables. He, he entertains you while you learned. Every time a tough topic came by, they would find this funny, creative way. Like, for example, like, to explain what a subprime mortgage is, here's Margot Robbie in a bubble bath. Right, right, right. And there's a scene where, you know, there's Margot Robbie in a bubble bath surrounded by bubbles with just her neck poking out or her head coming out, and she will charmingly explain to you what a subprime mortgage is right. in a way that you can understand and right. you're entertained. Right. I think that was the difference between the big short and uh, the, laundromat. the laundromat. I didn't find – I found the big short to be a, a, a good movie. I liked the movie. I liked the performances. I, I thought, yeah, it's a subject that I don't know a lot about. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Um, yeah. Just like the laundromat. It was another subject I didn't know a lot about. But I think the laun- uh, the, 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 the big, big short, short. – was something that explained a, a, a topic that that hit a lot of people in this country that they could understand, so that they could understand what oh, happened to them. That 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 crisis was it was uh, real and it was big, and it hit people that you knew. Right, people like we all know if we weren't uh, if we weren't directly affected, we know someone was. Yeah, I mean, and probably everybody was directly affected. I mean, it's still it's hard it's hard for people of my age to to purchase homes. Right. Um, and, no, I and I believe, I believe there's still people who, uh, that, that financial collapse kind of wiped out a good portion of what they had worked their entire life to save for retirement. Yep. So they had to put off retirement Agreed. or if they ever, if they ever fully retired, right. I mean, it, 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 no, it was a that, crisis that really hit a it lot hit of people. everybody. Yeah. And um, I think that was, it was, and, and I think the way they did it with the entertainment with comedy, with, you know, I thought they just, there was a little less of the, uh, here, here, here I am teaching you something. It was like, I know they're teaching me something, but it's funny and, uh, and I get it. Yes. The, the, the laundromat was like, okay, now I'm going to teach you about a shell corporation, yeah. you dummy. And here it is. And I don't know. I just don't, I just found it. I found one funny and one not funny. And I guess that's the. Well, you know, I think I also think the effective part of the big short was I saw it in the theater yeah, and towards too. the end I felt physically ill. I thought I was going to I mean it made it got my 
nerves up. I, I thought I was going to uh, throw up in the theater because mm-hmm. of the stuff that they were talking about that we, I say we like we have any power, but that is allowed to happen. Mm-hmm. And is you know and 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 is still allowed to happen. They just changed the name of it. They changed the laws. They changed the everything that's done in the financial world is done for the biggest people at the top to make more money. It's all run by that. Yes, that's all it is. Yes. And and you and I and other people like us, maybe those who are listening, are just cogs in the machine. In their minds. In their minds, right? And so they they look at us and they say, okay, buy your insurance. You're going to need your insurance. Or, Here's a house. Buy your house, and oh yeah, we're going to give you a real great deal on the uh, on the mortgage, and then they bet that you're not going to pay it back. You know, I mean, they bet. Yeah, against well, you. or somebody does, and, right. that, and that's the thing that that's the thing that they taught you in this movie, in, in that you you get a mortgage or you get a loan, and your understanding is that my mortgage, my loan, it is an agreement between me and you, a financial institution. Mm-hmm. You know, but you find out that they take your mortgage. They and they it. sell it to somebody else, and then they—I don't know how this the mechanics work—but they quote unquote chop it up mm-hmm. and put it on Wall Street, bundled in other financial, right? And they mislabel it as being really great. It's a house of cards. It's and 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 it, there's a tipping point that they explain. It's that you, to to keep it afloat, you need new investors, right? Or like I mean, if you scheme. if you want, it's very much a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Or if you want to use some of these people's terms, you need more suckers. Right. If you if you ever get to a point where there are more people already in than new suckers coming in, right. that's when it's going to fall down. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. But like, as far as we're concerned, as far as the movies are concerned, I think I think we can agree. I hope we can. That the Big Short was a better movie, yes, and far more entertaining. And I just think, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you have, if you can only watch one, watch the Big Short. Sure, another Eat Your Vegetables movie that you've seen, and I, I believe I remember you saying that you weren't crazy about it. Was Steve Jobs for a different reason? The uh, Danny Boyle, Michael Fassbender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember. It's the one that's set up in three distinct times in Steve oh, Jobs' yeah. life when think, they're doing that's why product like launches. Yeah. You would you wanted a more cradle to grave type did. thing. I did. I, I think I wanted a little bit more. You know, don't show me just like pieces of his life. Show me his life. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I was lost in. The, I mean, I think there was a good. I think it was a good performance. Oh yeah, and, and and very well directed, right, and very well, well written. Right. Exactly. I, and I think there were some good actors in it, but. I think that, um, you know, I think that it was just the way the t- story was told. And and honestly, you know, when, when I think about these movies and I think about what we've watched over the years, and I think, so I went to a movie and I saw a movie about a product launch. Like, I saw a movie about a product launch. It makes no sense to me. You know, movie think, wasn't about, the movie wasn't about product launches. No, it was know, about but it, it was, was about the man in the business. It was about the man in the business, but it was about a product launch too. It was like, you know. It would, that was the background. That's like, I know. That's like going to, uh, and but this is more apt. That's like if you went and saw Pearl Harbor mm-hmm. and you said that you, uh, you saw a romance story, which is what, unfortunately. That's what that movie that was, it was. It was a very unfortunate. If you want to see a good war movie, go see Midway. I saw it just the other day, and it was excellent. Wonderful. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. We can go off topic. I'm fine Well, I mean, we have to go off topic because I didn't think Steve Jobs was 
awful. I just didn't like the way they told the story. Um, it's and I and I read a biography on Steve Jobs, so I didn't. I mean, I knew a little bit about what was going on when I went to the movie. Um, he was not a great man, in in the sense that he was not a great. He was difficult. He was a great man because of what he did in inventing technology, which he didn't even really invent, but just like the the marketing of it, the ideas behind it. He was he was what do they call those? A visionary. He was yes, a vis- he, he, he was, was a he was a he was a visionary that has. Sh- I mean, his vision right has in many ways shaped I, the current world I we mean, live in. I use everything that he had vision of. I have the iPad. I have an iPhone. I have a MacBook. I, everything I have. I have Apple TV. But this is. But this is. The, so his vision is what I saw. But what this movie is about is he's kind of a jerk. Yes. But and this is and this is the eating your vegetables of it right. is. You have your iPhone yep. and you look at it and and maybe for a period of time he's been gone for a while now. Yeah. But maybe for a period of time you'd look at it and you'd think Steve Jobs made this for me. Right. But what you find out in that movie and I think it's very well done is. A lot of people made that for you. Steve Jobs was just the face and the name that you knew. Right. Um, right. The, the, Interestingly the, enough, he didn't make it for you. He made it for his daughter. Interesting. But which he didn't acknowledge was his daughter for a long time. Uh, right. But there's there's my favorite scene in that movie, and this has nothing to do with cinematically eating your vegetables, but um, with the great actor, uh, great character actor who many times goes unseen is uh, Michael Stuhlbarg. Um, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the character. He plays one of the uh, engineers. Was it one of the engineers? Yeah, he was. He was the one that in the first third of the movie when they're uh, launching the first Mac computer, mm-hmm. uh, and they wanted it to say hello. Right. And he was the and he was trying to explain to him like uh, we don't know why, but it's not working. Right. And the whole thing was like, you know, you, you, we got half an hour before we start. We're gonna have to just take it out. No, you're gonna fix it. Like I don't, I can't fix it in half an hour. Well, you, you didn't have half an hour. You had seven days, right? Or, or no, he's like, you, you, I don't know. But there's there's a scene where Steve Jobs says to him, "You had this much time. You had you had 28 days. The world was created in a third of that time." Yeah. And Stuhlbarg says to him. Well, one day you're gonna have to tell us how you did it. Yeah. Exactly. Oh man, like yeah, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> that was good. I was just, um, and and a lot of that is credit to the writer Aaron Sorkin. Right. Right. No. So and maybe he, that's why I think writer. I like I I I am a sucker for Aaron Sorkin dialogue. Do you? Well, have... No, he's a, he's a great, uh, he's great with dialogue. Uh, I think that's what he does best. I'm not sure if storytelling is what he does best, but he his his product is is dialogue within the story that he's yeah. telling is usually very snappy and and witty and engrossing and yeah so i think he gets a lot of uh he gets a lot of coverage uh cover fire from that he's he's got great dialogue so the the story is sort of like eh, all right one movie that i think well there was a couple of movies that he did that i liked very very much um one was uh a few good men okay and the other was the American president. Okay, which I liked very much. He also much. wrote the Social Network. He did and, and Moneyball. And yep, which is another actually is another eat your vegetables movie if you really think about it. Yeah, you know, I I I agree with you except that you know technically you know you're 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 probably more right than I am on this because I I would have to say technically. 
that's a sports movie. Oh, it's a sports movie. It's, but it's a sports movie. No, it's about it's about a, it's a general it's a general manager movie. I mean, sports is like sports is almost this unseen like in in the movie Moneyball. How many times is Brad Pitt playing Billy Bean actually in the ballpark? When the team that he's poured over putting Not very together, much. there I don't th- I think no. there's very few scenes of actual gameplay. Right. No, no, no. He, so, he, so that, I, that movie, you've, you've got a great point there. Yeah, that movie's about what happens behind the scenes in baseball that most people really don't understand. And how Billy Bean changed. And how he changed. Uh, it, yeah. Made some for for good or ill. Right. Changed. Uh, yeah. That re- and it reminds me of that movie. I can't remember the title with with Kevin. Um, Costner as a general manager of a football team. Oh, draft day. Draft day. I Which mean, it didn't honestly, land. yeah, no. And honestly, those kinds of movies, I mean, Moneyball was interesting because there were good actors, it was well-written and well-directed, and it was an interesting story. Draft day was not. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I like Kevin Costner. It wasn't anything against him. It just, you know, it, it wasn't that interesting. What a story. Well, you you and Father Bill on Spotlight um, reviewed this movie, and one thing I remember is Father Bill, who is not a sports fan. No, he was not. Yeah, and uh, is certainly of all the sports, is not a foot. He's just not a football fan, which is fine yeah. these days. He was saying that he had. He was saying that for the first third, maybe even the first three quarters, he was just like, "Wow, I had no idea that this is like." Oh, like you know the the wheeling and the dealing. Right, I didn't know right, this right, about right. the NFL draft. But then at the end, I think he said to you, like, even with my limited knowledge of how the draft works, it seemed very unrealistic that Kevin Costner was able to accomplish right. through the draft what he accomplished. And, right. and, and I think I, I remember you saying to him on the show, it's not. It, there's nobody who could ever pull off what he pulled off. Right, it's a, exactly. It's a, it's a fiction. Total fiction. And, and that's, you know... It, if you're gonna show me, if you're gonna show me the inner workings of something that I know about, then you have to get it right. Yeah, it's like when they do movies about the church. You know, I can I know when you're doing something wrong. I know it when I see it mm-hmm. because um, you you are you know you're doing it in a way that is not the you know the correct way or it's not how we do it. I mean, I I'll tell you a little story. And you have heard the story, but our listeners probably would not have. I'm not going to name the movie because I don't want to get in trouble. But there was a movie that was being filmed in our state, and they wanted uh, some advice from a priest about a funeral scene. So I agreed to meet with uh, the assistant director and the casting director. So I did, and I explained to them how a funeral works, a Catholic funeral. Not a Protestant funeral, but a Catholic funeral. And their vision of what they wanted to show was different than what I explained to them was the way we do it. And I said, well, they said, well, can we do it this way, this, 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 and this? And I said, no, that's not a Catholic funeral. That's something else. We never, like, they wanted to have an open casket during the Mass. Mm -hmm. We don't do that. No. And I've never seen that anywhere. Maybe maybe some Protestant churches do it. I don't know. But Catholics don't. And it was a Catholic person they were going to bury. So anyway, um, I didn't get a chance to really uh, impact that movie because um, since 
<laughs> I, I was asked to be a part of the cast and to pr- play the priest in the movie that was going to do the funeral. And I would have happily done it, and I would have insisted on accuracy. And maybe it would have got me fired, but at least I would have insisted on accuracy. But I was advised not to do it, which okay. was fine. So I didn't do it. I saw the movie. They they didn't really... And it was probably a small... I mean, It I, was a small scene was, in the movie. Yeah, so... Um, and it did, wouldn't have cost them any extra time or no, money to get it right. To get it right, they could have done it with no problem. Yeah. And they and then and, and I and I have a sense that movie people do this all the time. I, I think they do it all the time. Well, one thing that I know um gets under your skin is in movies when Catholic priests are depicted as referring to everybody as my son. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, that just I I, I you've mean, mentioned sends, to me on a number of times like we don't say that. Spine. I mean, nobody says that. And so when we see it done poorly or incorrectly on screen, um, it really bothers it. I'm sure cops go through it and firemen and everybody else. And I, I'll give you a movie that I think did it well, and that was um, the movie with uh, 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 called Calvary. Yeah, yeah. I, you, this was like your favorite from a couple of years yeah. ago. And it was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Brendan, Brendan, not, Gleason. Yeah, Brendan Gleason. Brendan Gleason played not a, son, a priest. Dominal. And I think his son was in the movie. Yeah. But Brendan Gleason pr- played a priest. And you go through a week of his life. And f- at, from a movie perspective, very much the best portrayal of a life in the a li- day, a week in the life of a priest that I've ever seen on film. Ever. Yeah, you, and, I remember you raving about it. Yeah, because it was so accurate. And, and I love when they get it right. Yeah. And it's not that hard. No. You know? All you have to do is ask somebody. Yeah. Get an advisor. Yeah. Someone that w- will, can show you, no, no, we don't do this, we do that. Or we wouldn't handle it that way, we do it this way. Yeah. Or if we were going to get it wrong, this is how we'd get it wrong. Right. You know, this is how somebody might make a mistake. I mean, all it takes is a little bit of effort to get the vegetables right. You know what I mean? You know, the, veg- well, the vegetables are well cooked. It surprises they're me. They're gonna go down okay. It surprises me that any movie production would go through the trouble of getting a expert consultant, right? To not use that expert consultant's advice, expert advice. Yeah. No, I know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's uh, maybe it's for um, for show. No, I think some of that is. Yeah, you know, but I mean, like, oh, we have to do it. At least we can say that we did it. Right. We had a consultant. Right. And, of course, I didn't get any credit on that movie. <laughs> well. It's all right. Oh. Didn't get paid. Didn't get a credit. We got uh, um, nothing. My, my co-host here, uh, Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> I get no respect. <laughs> no respect. <laughs> well, um, uh, I, think, I, think that we've, uh, I think that we've covered uh, quite, yes, a bit of, quite a bit of ground today. We did. And I think there are other movies you know, that you had a whole list here. I just want to read some of them off the list. So oh, sure. Think. I'd love to hear. You know, you didn't show me a list. I didn't show you mine, but I'd right. love to hear more of your list. Well, I don't have a list. I have your list. Oh, oh, do you? Yes. All right, well. I took a photograph of it wow. so that I could have it to On look your at. fancy Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs vi- envisioned. IPad. Envisioned iPad, yes. yes. He knew but, that this day would come. Um, so you broke down an interesting one for me, which was Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yes. Now, I hated that movie. With the hate of a thousand sons, um, you know. But as as much as I hated it, I always remember something from that movie. Oh yeah, yes, and that is always be selling. Yes, ABC. Yeah, always be closing. Always be closing. That's what it. Always be closing. ABC. 
And I said, I made a joke about that when I was, I was, uh, I was at a wedding. I was doing a wedding at one of my, <laughs> wait, wait, this okay. is before the ceremony. I was in the back with the, with the uh, groom and the best man and I think one or two of the, the ushers and, um, they were telling me what they did for a living, and, and they were they were salesmen of some sort. And I said, ah, ABC. And they were like, yeah, always be closing. Yeah, the priest gets it. Yeah. Uh, he's like us. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm no, not, really. No, no. Um, then you you also had uh, Aaron Brockovich, which I thought was a really good movie. Sure. Well done. Civil Action, another good one. And uh, Concussion, which... You didn't like. I, didn't, I know you didn't I didn't like. really care for, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we just, when we, when we look at those movies, um, some of them are going to be good. It's yeah. going to be hit or miss. It's, it's just a hit or miss. Every movie is hit or miss. And the ones that hit it really big, no one really knows why. Mm. <laughs> you know? One of the ones on the list that you didn't mention that's, t- that is tough to stomach is, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but Traffic. I saw it a long time ago. A long yeah. time ago. So Traffic, also a Steven Soderbergh movie, like yes. The Laundromat and Aaron Brockovich, right. but it's about it's about the war on drugs yes. from all sides. From all sides, right. And he takes the time and it's very uh it's very adult. Um it, it it's 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 Yeah, Michael he, Douglas is in that, right? Yeah, he yeah. him and Benicio del Toro yeah. and Catherine Zeta Jones right. and Don Cheadle and I mean yeah, it was a good it, cast. It, it's it's in in no way does he like when when you say that he's attacking he's he's portraying the war on drugs from all sides it, at no point does he glorify that it, this isn't scarface like no. the 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 drug dealers and the kingpins are the monsters that they are right but he shows everything is through the real human lens right and and i believe that you learn a lot from that um you learn a lot from, for example, Michael Douglas's daughter, who becomes deeply, deeply addicted yeah. to drugs. And he's the, I think he's the drug czar of the country at yeah. the time. They live yeah. in Washington. And it's kind of, you know, it's such a well-written performance. But you you feel like, oh, my God, like I, I'm supposed to be spouting this particular rhetoric about drug users. Right. But then my daughter. But then my daughter, and yeah. I know my daughter, and I, yeah. and and I know I know how she is, and I know who she is, and I know that she is not what I've been talking about. So therefore, if she isn't, there must be a lot more people right. that aren't. Right. And um and yeah. and and yeah. then you know it's true. It's true. But I then mean, you but then you look at the, then they look at some of the supposed good guys like lawyers. Right. Which I think we keep coming back to that there a lot of. A lot of really, really good lawyers out there in the world. Oh yeah, I know some of them. Yeah, probably more bad ones. Yeah, I don't probably. know. That's that's unfair. I I think the problem with the problem that lawyers have, and I I don't think we should probably end with this. Is okay. Um, the problem that lawyers have is that that our system is set up adversarially. So you have a lawyer that's on each side. So somebody's going to come out looking like the bad guy, even though they're just doing their job. Right. Yeah. So you have, uh, in a criminal case, you have the prosecutor and you have the defense attorney, and so you have the prosecutor who's the the quote unquote good guy, and then the defense attorney who's the quote unquote bad guy. But all he's doing is his job, which his job is to defend the guy, and everybody in our system of justice deserves a defense. 
okay, you don't have to like it, but you have to accept that that's the way the system oh, I think, works. I, right? I think I mean, it's the way the system should work. Right. And I think, and, and so lawyers sometimes get a bad rap because they're doing their jobs. They're being, um, you know, they're defending their clients. Every client deserves their best defense. And if the laws are in their favor, they're going to, you know, they're going to try and work those laws to the benefit of their client. And you can argue that, I think you you probably should argue, is that the laws need to be changed. It's the lawmakers. It's the Congress. It's it's our congressmen. It's our senators. It's our government. It's That's where the problem lies. When we see a problem and we know that it needs to be fixed, it's not the lawyers that are doing it. The lawyers... They're just following the rules, you know, and, and and they come out and they look bad. It's terrible. It's a terrible system when you think about how people can look. It's a great system because that's the way, you know, it's fair. Mm-hmm. It's fair. It's it's typically fair. Um, and, you know, that's just the way it works. But as far as our show today goes, I think we've, you know, given you some vegetables to listen to when I pontificate about um, lawyers and, and jurisprudence. But um, I feel that I've learned a lot, though. <laughs> there you go. I hope you've learned a lot. And at some point, I hope to, that we'll be able to get some feedback from listeners um, as to what they think and, and how they like the show and what their, what their topics might be that they might want us to talk about. I, I'd love to hear from listeners to hear what if there's any topics that they'd like us to cover on these shows, because... That's a good thing for us. It's good to hear what you want to hear. Um, it helps us to kind of guide the vision of where we're going with the, with this with this program, which which I think has a lot of great potential. And uh, I, I think we're 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 really in a good good place. Cruise control, riding down the highway, <laughs> chugging right along. Um, I don't want to get like the uh, the inter- interpretation that I think we're. We're doing a bad job. I think we're doing a great job, and uh, <laughs> I think we'll, we'll chug along and we'll keep on chugging along. And um, this has been uh, Never a Doll Movie. I'm Father Chip Hines, and he is Brian Swift. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Never a Doll Movie. Never a Doll Movie has been a production of the Grexley Podcast Network. To learn more about this podcast and the other great podcasts on the Grexley Podcast Network, please check out grexley.com. That's G-R-E-X-L-Y.com. And if you're interested in supporting this podcast, please check out the Patreon page at patreon.com slash grexley. When you join our Patreon page, you will receive early and exclusive access to unique content. Thanks for listening to Never a Dull Movie, and we will see you next week.